Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams at Garrett720 on Twitter. And joining me today is one of my co-hosts. We got Tom Welty at Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, although I'm sad that Kyle's not here. uh, He's either been abducted by aliens or stuck in traffic or maybe he's fighting a Sasquatch. I don't know, but it seems like it's been a minute since all three of us have been together. I know I've been... MIA, it's it's a crazy time of the year, I think, for everybody. And um, but we've got lots of Chiefs news to discuss today, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, exactly. A very big Chiefs news episode. Obviously, a very busy time of the year, uh, especially in the real life and in the NFL world, because it was roster cut day uh, just yesterday, and there is a flurry of moves made. We're gonna break them all down here for you, kind of one by one. Um, and then leading into today, where there was a lot of practice squad signings and different things that came out that we figured out. So uh, without further ado, we'll kind of start it out here with uh, the roster cuts. And I guess before the roster cuts uh, really got underway, there was a trade that was made by Brett Veach. Um, he ended up trading uh, backup offensive lineman Yasir Durant, who was an undrafted free agent for us last year coming out of Mizzou. Uh, he traded him to the New England Patriots for a 2022 seventh round pick. Uh, so not a little bad, not bad little return on investment on your, your Sear Durant. Um, I kind of projected him to make the practice squad, but, uh, if Brett Veach, you know, sees that there was an opportunity there to get an extra pick, he looks like he got it. Yeah. We talked all along about the possibility of one of these extra linemen, you know, getting, um, getting shipped off. I think Durant was not one that we talked a whole lot about. We thought probably it was just going to be a guy who got cut. Or, or end up on our practice squad again. Uh, he's seen a little bit of game action, and, and he's he's a developmental guy. So, um, you know, to, to sign a guy a couple years ago as an undrafted free agent and then get him, uh, get a draft pick back for him is is pretty good. So, we'll we'll take that. Yeah, exactly. Not too bad. I was expecting maybe a little bit more, maybe a, a player for player swap is kind of what Brett Veach is accustomed to. But you know, a seventh round pick that'll that'll get a player eventually. So he might use that for for ammo and a different trade up or something like that. So um, yeah, but good luck, to, best of luck to the Sear Durant because I actually really liked him as a as a prospect here. He played decently well as a, a backup guard. So you know, New England's uh, hopefully will do him well. And with that, there's a bunch of other roster cuts that were made where the Chiefs uh, were trimming down to the 53-man limit, which was at 4 p.m. yesterday, which for you guys would be two days ago, but it was Tuesday, uh, the 31st. Um, So out of the surprise guys that I kind of, or that kind of made the roster that made some headlines, 
Uh, Jody Fortson was the guy that was uh, a big story um, for a lot of people coming out of camp. He was with the team for the past couple years, and uh, he ended up making the initial 53-man roster, um, as well as a, another pass catcher uh, by Reese Fountain, DeReese Fountain, um, who's another guy who ended up impressing a lot during during training camp in the preseason. So uh, two two new faces to the, uh, the pass catcher room. Tom, what do you think about them? Man, I am excited to see you know Jody Fortson finally make this roster. We've he's been kind of the the training camp darling, and we've we've joked about that before. But man, they the Chiefs have done some you know some interviews and some just kind of behind the scenes stuff with his story. He has worked so hard to get there, being being willing to learn an entire uh, new position or or just different responsibilities in the passing game. You just you root for him. You know, I think. It's been said before that he may have a, you know, they see him kind of uh, similarly to how they saw Demetrius Harris. Uh, wow, Demetrius Harris, <laughs> say that ten times fast, when when he was with the Chiefs. And so I think Fortson's a little bit lighter, but man, he's and he's looked pretty good in the, in the preseason. So that's that's exciting. The Fountain one was um, probably the biggest surprise in terms of who made the team. I thought he looked okay during the preseason, but it was mostly you know kind of in depth roles. I think he's got some special teams value, but. You know, you need pass catchers. You need guys that you know, we've saw this a couple of years ago, and, and thankfully the Chiefs' receiving core has been relatively healthy. Uh, you know, the, the last year or two, but I believe it was three years ago. You know, there's a point where Garrick Dieter was seeing snaps in games. So um, you want you always want to be deep at receiver. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to make people look better than they are, but it's you know you gotta you gotta keep some bodies around and keep people that he can develop chemistry with. So uh, definitely a surprise to see Fountain make the the team but uh not a bad surprise yeah exactly i think he really impressed uh during the preseason and i think it's really uh was a testament to just you know the competition in that wide receiver room because as we will kind of talk about a little later but there is a, a familiar face that actually did not make the roster um but we will talk about it in a second but a couple other surprises on the defensive side that kind of stirred up Chiefs Twitter a little bit um was Dorian O'Daniel uh Chris Lamonts and Darius Harris um, who were all basically regarded as like pure special teams guys. Uh, a lot of Chiefs Twitter kind of was angry that uh, there were some more, you know, more possibly talented players at premier positions that got released uh, over these guys who had just a lot of special teams value. Um, and it's just kind of a testament to, to what Dave Tobe has over, like in, in terms of roster control and everything like that. So, um, you know, out of the three guys, I think Darius Harris um, had the had the biggest, you know, preseason and he he had shown up last season too a little bit and he would be a reliable guy to actually be a player um but the other two chris lamonts and dorian o'daniel are basically special teams guys at this point um tom what do you think about it yeah well harris actually if i remember right got snaps last year when all the injuries were happening at linebacker so yeah. he's got some some play experience he's not going to be a, a world beater but just that familiarity especially we know for the linebackers is just really important for for Kansas City and for the defensive scheme. You know, Steve Spagnuolo is not going to put you out there. It's one thing if you get beat because you're not a good enough athlete. It's a whole other thing if you get beat because of a mental mistake. And that's that's so big for for that defensive philosophy. Is you know, it's it's one thing just to just to lose a rep, but it's a whole other thing to to give that rep up because you weren't ready. So I think that there definitely was an advantage there with the familiarity that Harris had and, and O'Daniel again, we haven't seen necessarily a lot of, a lot of him on as, as a regular player on the defense, but he, he's been around long enough. He should know the playbook by now. Um, obviously they both contribute on special teams. Story and O'Daniel is a guy who, even when he was drafted, they said, if nothing else, his floor 
is you know a potentially a Pro Bowl level special teamers. Obviously, he's a he's a guy that people have been frustrated with because he has such a dynamic athletic profile, and there was he was a very productive college player. At the same time, he hasn't been able to play and, and start regularly as a a member of the defense. He's he's made some good plays on as a special teams guy. I think he is a core special teams player, but probably not uh, living up to the hype that most of Kansas City had when he was drafted. That said, uh, linebacker is also a position that I think Kansas City prioritized this offseason and making sure they weren't in another position where they were really thin like they were uh, before. And so it, it doesn't surprise me too much to see them keep an extra extra player or keep players that, that we weren't necessarily expecting them to keep at that position. Yeah, definitely. And another guy that we didn't talk about, but Marcus Kemp was also a, a guy who he ended up initially getting released and then he was re-signed just because he was a veteran. So just kind of like a, come, some cap gymnastics there. But, you know, including Marcus Kemp, you basically have like uh, four or five guys that are just pure special teamers, essentially, for Dave Tobe. So, I mean, it's a testament to Dave Tobe's special teams unit. They're they're usually pretty good. Last year was a bit of a down year, so... So hopefully they can turn around and uh, and make a uh, make a little more impressive of a season for the special teams unit because Dave Tobe is a really good coach. So um, yeah, and moving on to kind of the next thing here before we get into the, all the practice squad signings of guys that we uh, ended up bringing back, there was a few departures on the the waiver wire this morning. Um, the New York Jets ended up claiming uh, Tim Ward. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent for us a couple years ago out of Old Dominion. He ended up spending a year on the IR for us and then ended up making, I think he actually made the roster last year um, and definitely played in a couple snaps. Um, so that was, I think, the biggest surprise for a lot of people who, who I think Tim Ward can definitely contribute uh, as far as a pass rusher. We saw it from him in preseason. Um, and so the Jets ended up picking him up. And then the Colts ended up claiming uh, Bo Pete Keys, who was our seventh round uh, cornerback draft pick last year um, not a huge loss in terms of keys he was still more of a developmental guy um, but you know it's uh, it's definitely hard to see these these guys losing the roster spots for other guys that like Chris Lamont who we didn't really know who they were yeah well and we also had Darwin Thompson signing with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad so can't yep. forget Darwin um, so, yeah, all three of those guys, um, obviously the Chiefs had to weigh the decision to put them out there on waiver wires. I think they would have taken probably all three of them back on their practice squad. Uh, for me, I think Tim Ward was probably the most interesting of the three, even though Darwin kind of got more reps and, and more snaps and um, was a little bit more of a um, – there's more investment there. I just think Tim Ward showed a little bit more in terms of his ability to, again, generate a little bit of a pass rush – He's all, he was always seen as a developmental guy and, and as a project player. So, um, but I was I was pretty happy with what I saw with, from Tim Ward. I think that was probably the biggest one um, that I was disappointed with in terms of guys that have um, guys that were moved on from this offseason. Yeah, definitely. Tim Ward was a, uh, definitely a fan favorite in terms of you know guys in that D line room. But um, you know he's going over to the New York Jets with Robert Sala, who I th- who by all accounts is a, like a pretty good scheme for him to be in. Um, so you know I think he's going to do well over there, and I don't I don't anticipate it's the last time we see him. I mean the Jets might not hang on to him for the entire year, so I could definitely see him being a guy that the Chiefs retard. Because I think yeah they were trying to bring all three of those guys back onto their practice squad. So. 
Um, yeah, just best of luck to him, Bo Pete Keys, and Darwin Thompson. Like you said, Darwin kind of got an increase in role usage, but I think uh, the emergence of Jet McKinnon and then obviously Derek Gore in the preseason kind of kind of led to him not really having a spot. So it doesn't it make kind it kind of makes sense that he wanted a fresh start, if you will, over in Tampa Bay, which. It's with Tampa Bay, so it's the enemy. So, unfortunately, Darwin, we can't say too many good things about you, but, you know, good luck, buddy. And uh, so now moving on here, we'll get into the full 16-man practice squad signings that we have here. Um, So the Chiefs ended up making a flurry of moves today to to sign all these guys. And there's a couple surprises for sure. There's a couple notable people who weren't added to the practice squad. Um, But I'll break it down for you real quick here. We have uh, quarterback Shane Bouchel. Running back Derek Gore, wide receivers Cornell Powell, Maurice French, and Derek Garrick Dieter. Sorry, uh, center Daryl Williams, defensive end Damone Harris, defensive lineman Austin Edwards. Uh, then two new guys here. We got Cortez Broughton, defensive tackle, and then defensive tackle Benito Jones, as well as linebacker Amari Cobb, linebacker Christian Roseboom, who's another new face. Uh, Defensive back Devon Key, defensive back Zane Anderson, defensive back DiCaprio Boodle, and cornerback Shakur Brown. And joining us to talk about these practice squad signings is our other co-host here, uh, Kyle, at KThen16 on Twitter. Ooh, Kyle, how you doing? Sorry, guys. I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I got a puppy with an infection and a whole bunch of nonsense going on, so... Somebody doesn't feel very good and was distracting, and I was trying to make sure we're taken care of and didn't get in here right on time. My apologies, everybody. No worries. That's all right. We won't we won't dock it from your pay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll allow it just this once. So all right, all right. The gang's all here. That's uh, yeah. We finally got everyone back. Yeah, it is the <laughs> the uh, the three musketeers have been reunited. Um, yeah, we were just going over the. Um, the practice squad signings. So there were um, several of those I was happy about. Yeah. I, Cornell. Yes. Those guys that we expected to see back. I was also pleased about some of the poaching of the other practice squads that we did. Uh, Shakur Brown is a guy yeah. I liked a lot coming out of Michigan state, even though he played at Michigan state. <laughs> so. see, this is, this is why uh, I'm glad you're here, but man, you just stole all my thunder. Those were all the guys. <laughs> I about. Um, yeah, I think we, we probably need to start with Cornell Powell, don't we? I think that's yes. yeah. the biggest name internally. Um, man, he had so much hype when he was drafted, and he's got a good athletic profile. But We talk all the time about Andy Reid's offenses and receivers, and mm-hmm. I don't know when people are going to listen or mm-hmm. learn or start to pinch in or what it is, but I don't think you understand how difficult it is to play wide receiver in an Andy Reid offense. You must know every single position and every single route which by the way if you've listened to mccola travis sometimes they just kind of make it up (laughs) so when you're playing sandlot football at full speed at the nfl level after scheming some plays it's a little more difficult at times especially if you're a young guy who has about six months of actual high level snap competition that isn't on special teams you can say whatever we wanted about Cornell. I love the dude. He's nice. I hope he develops. He seems like a really good kid. Uh, mm-hmm. He played six months at Clemson of real, actual wide receiver level football for them. Yeah. Well, and just think about it this way. How many how many times since Andy Reid has been in Kansas City have you seen him with Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes 
throw a back shoulder fade or an end zone fade or some of these contested catch situations. How many times has that has that really happened? I'd rather that. scheme it up. Yep, he would rather scheme your guy open and get open. And so part of his scheme and part of what is so and this and I, I share this I think in our in our little group chat like the Chiefs value the ability to separate over anything else and a wide receiver. And part of that is Andy Reid doesn't want to gamble. As much, and that, that's kind of why it's a perfect marriage between Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid because Andy Reid is a very um, cautious play caller in the sense of he's not going to give you a 50-50 ball because he doesn't want to give you the ball. He wants to score points. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes might just say, you know what, Andy, look away for a minute. I'm going to toss this up here and, and hope somebody comes down with it. Um, but – so, so that's kind of the, the give and take there. That's why you uh, just diagrammed the dichotomy between Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith's versions of these two offenses. Exactly. And so Alex Smith will do what Andy asked him to literally every time. Mm-hmm. If he threw it deep, Andy told him to throw it deep. If he threw it to the flat, Andy probably said, if nothing's open, dump it. Yep. Like the, Patrick's like, oh, nothing's open here. Let me run around over here for 25 minutes. Yep. Oh, Travis is open or ish. Yeah. Or, I mean, open ish. Oh, Travis yeah. is always open, but relatively yeah. speaking travis is open here have a ball mm-hmm. like uh, cornell is potentially going to develop but i'm i want to talk about not just cornell in this sense i want to talk about the overall thing of what we're going to see going forward from this front office and this team they're going to cut draft picks guys and it's they should cut draft picks that's a good thing if they're cutting draft picks that means they have other guys that they either drafted the years prior or brought in that are developed farther now Everybody, oh, that means you're not drafting well. No, you're. if you go look at an NFL draft, you're taking lottery tickets and praying everything works out with your scouting. Now, can you be better prepared? Sure. But for the most part, it's still a dice roll. Exactly. So if, yep, I'll be the first one to tell you that. Yeah. Bill Belichick doesn't care if you were drafted in the second round or, the not, or not drafted at all and were the last guy signed as a UDFA. If you mm-hmm. make the roster, you make the roster. Yep. Exactly. That is how good organizations that stay on top operate. Mm-hmm. And you can have four years of dominant college film, or you could have six months of college film. And when you get in the training camp, it doesn't matter. It's about what you, what the coaches see when you put those pads on. And mm-hmm. at least in good organizations, it is entirely like your status as a college player, your status as a draft pick does not matter, right? This is what um, mind about what Matt Nagy is doing in Chicago, but that's for a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that actually pre, the, pre-show. The, yeah, the Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I don't – I honestly, just for our Bears people, that because I know there's some of our friends and f- colleagues that listen to this show, for you guys, um, I would seriously look at your front office, not your head coach, because I cannot fathomably imagine that Matt Nagy is like, hmm, no, I really want Andy Dalton and not Justin Fields to start week one for me. I just – Right. From what he grew up with, as far as where he learned to coach from, I can't, I can't wrap my head around him yep. looking at that going. Oh. Definitely, probably not a, yeah. a Matt Maggie special there. But so. back on the wide receivers, I think it's just a testament yeah. to to how well some of the other guys played this yes. this season, this preseason mm-hmm. in training camp. So uh, Cornell, you know, he's still going to be with the team and he's going to learn and he's going to get some solid reps. And you know, if he can kind of develop mm-hmm. his uh, separation and and you know route running a little bit, then uh, he's going to be a solid contributor, I think. He's got a bunch of guys to learn from too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tyreek can run routes. Travis runs routes, and everybody always oh, a tight end. I don't, I don't care. Travis yeah. can. Run routes. Yeah. Do you guys remember when when uh, Devon Key was going to be a starting safety in this defense for a week? <laughs> what was that? Uh, first week of preseason. Yeah. Or first week camp. Not anymore. 
So, yeah, but he is after on the practice a, squad. Yeah, exactly. So. After a tough preseason outing, I mean, he had a good training camp, but yeah, preseason mm-hmm. just wasn't wasn't for him. He was just clearly not up to to the speed of the NFL yet, making a lot of kind of just rookie mental mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of another situation where I mean, he's going to do just fine on the practice squad for us this year. I could even see him getting elevated a couple times, and just mm-hmm. you know, if there is some some uh, injuries in the defensive back room, but you know, he had, there was a lot of potential coming out of Western Kentucky, but. It just uh, it didn't pan out exactly how a lot of people kind of hyped him up to be. Yeah, uh, and I you make a good point about him being able to maybe make a couple appearances due to if we have injury. Cornell Powell could play a couple of games this year based on somebody being down or somebody being out or whatever. Like you, there's not they're not these guys aren't out because especially with the practice squad rules for this year, there's all kinds of crazy nonsense. You can promote guys, you can protect up to some that's expanded there's all kinds of stuff again so yeah it's gonna be another year of well i didn't think he was even on the roster but he's playing on sunday how does that work yeah and speaking of a couple couple new faces on the practice squad the chiefs added four new guys that weren't with the team previously Mm. um there's a couple guys who are kind of notable um cortez broughton was a defensive tackle who actually uh me me and uh, at chiefs daily 15 discovered the the chiefs actually talked about him a little bit in the franchise two years ago in a uh, in a pre-draft kind of conversation that they put on the franchise they were talking about this kid cortez broughton um and so you know, they had a lot of positive things to say about him now they finally got him after he was a seventh round pick for I forget which team he was either the chargers or the uh the Rams, but Rams? yeah, it was, Rams. it was a Los Angeles team. I know. Cause then the other, another guy that we signed was a, a charger guy, but we also signed a defensive tackle Benito Jones, who I don't, not sure too much about him to be honest. Uh, and then linebacker Christian Roseboom, who I actually saw this guy on the waiver wire yesterday. And I was just kind of like intrigued by his name. It was just a really cool linebacker name. Um, but he had a really solid career actually at uh, South Dakota state the the Rams I believe or the Chargers whoever he was playing for it was again one of the LA teams. Rose Boom is okay. the Rams the other one's the Chargers. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, uh, he was being used I believe someone said as a will linebacker. Um, so that's some will linebacker depth. Obviously, per, probably for Willie Gay, which I'm not sure we we didn't talk about on this podcast yet. But Willie Gay uh, is suffering from a toe injury. Some some are to believe it's turf toe. Um, people are saying he might be off for the start of the season. He might be back. It's kind of up in the air right now. We'll probably learn more next week about it. But, um, yeah, just a little bit of insurance there, along with Amari Cobb in the linebacker room. So uh, is there anyone else you guys kind of saw added that, you know, surprised you or intrigues you at all? I think uh, Shakira Brown is, is a name that probably needs a little bit of a, a deeper dive. Right. Not, And I want to do this cautiously just because I think it sounds like he – so Shakira Brown was projected to be a, like – potential top 100 pick, a, third, a mid-round pick at least in the draft. Um, but he went undrafted. So he was a cornerback out of um, uh, Michigan State, as Kyle mentioned. He signed with the, the Steelers as an undrafted free agent, and there was a lot of excitement about him in training camp. And he was kind of a surprise cut for them. Um, there's to summarize kind of, I went back and looked at some notes. Like he's, he's not the biggest guy. In fact, that's probably the reason why he's um, kind of a fringe NFL right now. Um, I think he's listed at like 5'10", 185. 5'11", is, 190, according to Mr. Footnoted's 100 and 100 profile. Oh, that he did on him. Okay. Well, let's see what the live lookout look up here. <laughs> let's see if what uh, NFL's got him, him listed at just because, 
you can always uh okay 510 190 so so he not shrunk an inch from college too yeah he yeah. shrunk an inch um same weight though same yeah weight. it's always funny when they're uh um you know these guys grow and shrink rapidly especially around combine time tyree kills uh, what six two now yeah six two <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so yeah he was he was a guy who um there were some people who were really high on him who really thought that he was going to pan out really well in the NFL and, and maybe even be like an instant starter at, at a slot position. There's potential there, but I wouldn't get super excited. I think that there's going to be some overall athletic limitations. And um, I, you know, I, I watched a little bit of him. I, I wasn't, I, I'm not going to be the one to, to sing all of his praises, but um, it's exciting to grab a guy who at least other people were high on and, you know, thought, I mean, Normally, some of these guys, you might find one or two guys who are like, oh, yeah, this guy should be drafted here or there. It was pretty, you know, um, there were a lot of people who thought Shakir Brown was going to get, first of all, get drafted, but get drafted somewhere in those mid-rounds. And so um, he's kind of an interesting story to watch. We'll see if he how long he sticks on the practice squad. It's possible a team might poach him to their active roster. But he was definitely a big name that um, stuck out in terms of the additions to the practice squad for the Chiefs. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Uh, I agree with you completely, actually. Um, I think some of the things we talked about negative-wise with him are some of the things that led to Cornell Powell. That's the same kind of thing. He played 12 games for Michigan State, total. Like, he had 12 games as a starter at Michigan State. Now, he played fairly well in those. Uh, several several pass breakups, several, several turnovers, but you have 12-game sample size. Again, it's basically one season. It's the same thing we're talking about with Cornell. Yeah. So, Cornell went in the fifth. He went undrafted. It's kind of the how that works. It's a flip of the coin on whether or not somebody takes the takes the flyer on the upside of what they think is there. So now you've got a guy that people thought was a first rounder that went ended up going undrafted, and Brett Veach went out and said, "Hmm, that sounds like something I like to collect." People that cast off cornerbacks that people other people thought were really high, and I don't have to pay squat for them. Spags, have another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go turn him into a pro bowler. You t- tell me what is different about him than any of the rest of that corner room, other than the fact that the other guys were drafted in the first round. That is a it's fair observation. Do. It's what they do. Uh, he does not. They don't. Anybody that thinks they're spending a draft pick above like the third round on a corner, I just can't do it at this point. I don't see it. They just don't believe in it. They don't value at that level. They value other positions higher than that, and that's going to drive a lot of us, some of us, or a lot of us crazy in some scenarios. See Josh Briscoe's taser bet about a running back that he's going to have to pay off here soon. It It is what it is. They they do these things differently. It's also when you see the 53 cut down, six linebackers. Did anybody – raise your hand if you thought we were going six linebackers on the 53. Yeah. To start with. Not us, I think. Well, Tom is right. Tom did raise his hand, but um, it was facetious. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't right. really expect it. We did talk about that. How Dave Tobe has uh, a, a good control over some of the roster and, and some. Of the I don't know how much of that is Tobe and how much of that is concern about Willie yeah. and the depth with Bolton. 
because I don't know what they they don't know. And but you're not cutting your second round pick, so no, mm-hmm. definitely. And, some and I don't think, and that's not to say that I think Nick Bolton should be cut. I think he was a lock to make the team regardless. I just don't know that they're comfortable with everything that they may have to ask him to do if somebody else goes down. So they kept a couple extra guys that can use their skill sets if they have to put them in roles. Well, yeah, we were talking about that at the top of the show with the linebacker depth. We, we, we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about the issues with the offensive line and how, you know, they were just kind of run through in terms of the, the depth and stuff. But the linebacker depth was also tested last year. You know, yeah. again, Darius Harris, who made the squad, what, he was getting active, like, in, in-game reps. Yeah, he was getting snaps. I and, actually thought he would be the fifth linebacker. I thought they would only keep five. And yeah. he would be the fifth one. Yeah, actually, I thought they keep four, but if they kept the fifth, I thought he'd be the five. Yeah. So, again, they, I think from, I think early on, Brett Veach talked about, you know, and, and he doubled down back with the Nick Bolton conver- uh, draft pick and the conversation around that was, we don't want to be thin at linebacker. And as much as sometimes the Chiefs linebackers seem uninspiring, they're, it's an important part of the, the Steve Spagnuolo defense. And, Maybe they're, you know, again, they're not the most flashiest players, but they, they're the, you have to do your job, be in position and be where you're supposed to be for the rest of his stuff to work. You can't blitz like he blitzes if your linebackers, especially if your linebackers are out of position, because then a team is just going to eat you up over the middle. So I think that they definitely value having guys who they trust to be in the right, the right place. Again, if you get beat on a rep because you weren't fast enough, that's one thing. But if you give up a rep because you weren't ready, Steve Spagnuolo is not going to have it. Yeah, they they will. If you don't believe that statement, Daniel Sorensen and Ben Neiman. They're not the most athletic guys on the field by 800 miles, but you know what they are? Usually in the right spot. And how many times has Dan Sorensen been in the right spot at the right time to make a big play? Again, um, they, yeah. they call him Dirty Dan the Closer for no for a reason. That boy, yeah. every single time it's a late game situation. Oh, well, that's mine. Yep. You live right. by the Dan, you die by the Dan. The Chiefs have a developmental DB on the uh, on the practice squad who's a little bit similar to that in Zane Anderson. So, so here's the thing. He's similar in some ways. Like they went to, I think they both went to BYU. Didn't yep. didn't Dan go to BYU? Um, Pigment about the same. Um, that's about where I stop with the similarities between the two because Zane's a better athlete and it's really not that close. I will I will say this to Dan Sorensen's credit, and this is something that we've heard and I think we've even talked about before. When you have guys like Tyron Matthew coming out mm-hmm. and saying nobody works harder than Dan Sorensen, Dan 100%. Sorensen is the first one in the in the film room, and like, and to be somebody with Dan Sorensen's athletic profile and to make it as an NFL player, to make it as an NFL player who is seeing, let's just call a spade a spade here, starting snaps, right? And he's been here for seven years now? Eight, Uh, seven, eight years now? I don't know. Dan Sorensen is eternal. But, uh, (laughs) like, you have to be dedicated on a whole other level because you sometimes, and and if you're a young athlete, like, hear, hear this out, sometimes being, like, being smarter, like being mentally faster than your opponent can beat just being faster than your opponent, right? And so as much as we may lament Dan Sorensen's physical limitations and, you know, his his lack of speed or grace on the field, he knows what he's supposed to be doing and he understands what offenses are doing. And he and for him to have the respect from the people that he does in that locker room, again, when 
when the honey badger says, yo, he, he cares more or he studies more and he watches more film. Like he beats me into the, like, that's a, that, that's one of your team leaders there saying, yeah, this guy's in the film room more than I, that's a big deal. Tyron doesn't get beat places, especially when it's practice fields or film rooms or whatnot. So if he's in there, also the other thing to remember about Dan is he plays like, oh, I don't know, six positions. So it's not that he just knows what he's supposed to be doing. He knows what everybody's supposed to be doing. Go back and listen to Spags' press conference when they asked about Dan. He said, one of the first people that I tell whoever came to the sideline to get the play, I go to tell them to go tell Dan. Go ask Dan. Go talk to Dan. Not Tyron. Not Hitch. Not Chris. Dan. So do with that what you will. Uh, Zane is fine. I think Zane actually has a chance at making a spot, maybe taking an Armani Watt style place on this roster eventually, or eventually maybe trying to be Dan Sorensen. I just, he's, di he's different athletically for one. Zane is a, it's not a knock on Dane. It's just what it is. Zane's a better athlete. Um, but he's not anywhere close to familiar with what like Dan is from a mindset, leadership room perspective. Like it's not even in the same realm of things. So I I, yeah, I agree. And and the un I understand that he's going you're going to suffer with him occasionally. That's okay. They play Ben Don't Break and you have Mahomes on the other side. It's supposed to ha you're going to give up a few points here and there. Exactly. One more uh, little practice squad note I wanted to transition to before we get to some other, uh, a little bit more serious Chiefs news. But uh, if you look at the initial practice squad signing, there's only one offensive lineman who was signed to the practice squad, and that's undrafted free agent center Daryl Williams. And there's notably a lack of any offensive tackle or guards or anything. Um, uh, a lot of people kind of suspected that Prince Tega Winogo would be a practice squad guy. It's very surprising that he wasn't added to the practice squad. So... Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. So that's intriguing. I thought Wyatt Miller might be an option for that as well. Yeah, um, another guy who's more of like a pure tackle because the Chiefs, you know, as far as pure backup tackles, they really don't have much. Like if Orlando Brown were to, were to you know, knock on wood, if he were to go down, like you have Mike Remmers and then that's it basically. I mean, no, unless I, you want to swing Andrew Wiley over there, like you do no, not I have a pure tackle. Man. I think, it's left, I think it's Lucas Niang to left tackle and Rimmer steps in at right. I don't think they have any intention of putting Mike Rimmers on Patrick Mahomes' left side ever, 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 ever again. And it's not his fault. Yes. That Super Bowl was a train wreck, and that was not just his fault. Oh, man, I, I, would definitely, I would definitely agree with you there. But they had, I mean, either way, either way, I mean, they only have uh, Mike Rimmers to play backup left or right tackle. So you know, yeah. they're still lacking a pure, you know, tackle as far as another backup guy. Cause you know, as soon as you have Mike Rimmers in at either right or left tackle, like uh, you're going to want to have a backup plan. And I missed the practice squad edition. I didn't see Dieter made it back to the squad. He did. Yep. Gary Dieter is Eric still Dieter a chief. Is eternal. Derek Dieter <laughs> will never not be a chief. Going through your list of the surprises, I just went and followed up. I'm sorry, guys. Like I said, I've been a little occupied, so I didn't have all the tracker fully caught up. DiCaprio Boodle mm -hmm. stayed and made the practice squad, which he had potential. I'm Chris Lamons is an interesting addition to the 53 for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And that's kind of what we were talking about with the whole Dave Tobe factor because Chris Lamons has been in the, at least been with the team a couple of years. So as far as special teams goes, he might be a little more, uh, you know, ready for, for game action. But, you know, if you're looking, DiCaprio Boodle definitely showed out a lot more during the preseason mm -hmm. training camp, I think. So 
Um, I think, you know, a sign that Chris Lammons and even like, like Armani Watts and some of these other guys who, Dorian O'Daniel, who are really just special teams guys, like it's kind of a testament to that, you know, the talent factor isn't as, as big if you're not going to be doing what you're doing on special teams, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to have some flexibility there, especially at the bottom of the roster. So um, and- I agree that Boodle had a good training camp and, and good preseason. So that was one that he'll be another name to watch as a guy who might get called up later in the season. Yeah. Marcus Kemp is the quintessential what we're talking about when we talk about Tobe and how this whole thing plays out. And it actually worked out in our favor with Kemp this year that he was a vested veteran and didn't have to go through waivers so yeah. that we could do what they did with that move. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and actually the corresponding move that, that was, I believe, with with Marcus Kemp. But um, the Chiefs ended up placing Tyron Matthew on the COVID reserve list. Uh, so it was reported, I believe, by Sam McDowell that uh, – Tyron Matthew had tested positive for COVID, and I believe the reports were confirmed that he is vaccinated. So for Tyron vaccinated, confirmed it on his Twitter and then deleted the tweet when he called somebody out. So yeah, right. And I believe yeah, there was a bunch of reports coming. I think people had already knew from previous things that he had said and and looked at. Um, so for vaccinated players like himself who test positive, he has to return two negative tests within 24 hours, and I believe he has like a five to ten day period. In, in which he can return those two tests. So, um, you know, if he's asymptomatic, which which is uh, what we're all hoping for, and I believe, I mean, I would guess he was probably asymptomatic, guessing or judging by the fact he's come out and, and been talking about stuff on Twitter. But I mean, dude, saying dudes look like they're a tiny pecker, I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, I'm vaccinated. By the way, that was the quote that of mm. the tweet that he deleted. He called the dude a tiny pecker and then yeah Tyron Matthew had a couple other had a Tyron Matthew had a couple other tweets today that that were stirring some people. yeah Ron Cop sorry to our friend Ron Cup who got yeah absolutely he got obliterated he, by him now Tyron did come back and say nice yeah, things he said, later, you know so nothing good, nothing against but... you it's just it's hard to argue against uh, the big red so what Ron Cop for those of you who didn't didn't see it said he basically said that uh having guys like Chris Lamonts and and DoD make it over a guy like Tim Ward uh, was just a sign that you know Uncle Tobe was has had his hand in things, and Tyron and said, Tyron uh, "You're a fool, basically." <laughs> you so, don't know SWAT is what yeah. he said. He said, "You know more than Big Red." I don't think so. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, he is unfortunately tested positive, but um, he should be all by all counts ready to go before Week One versus the Browns. Hopefully, that's so. the big, that's a piece that, and we've talked about it with the extension. We've talked about it with all the other stuff going mm-hmm. on. You cannot miss that dude. Yeah, he otherwise, does too much in this defense. Otherwise, you will be seeing Devon Key starting. Yes, <laughs> I. Um, there are two things I want in life. One is to never be the target of a tweet by Tyron Matthew. Yeah, that's that seems like a goal I would like to stick to as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you gotta watch your back though, because he will come out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. finds everything. We talked about it. These dudes find this team. It may, not all NFL teams and not all these guys, but this squad, especially that defense, they have time. To yeah, search they have their a lot of time. And their yeah. friends' names. And their friends' names. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They will find. They will find you. Um, they also and... probably have other accounts that follow your but that can see it all and then just answer from their regular one. Yes. Tyron Matthew, if you're listening, I've never said anything bad about you. Never. Hope you <laughs> Especially not before you signed. I definitely didn't want to sign Earl Thomas more, but moving <laughs> on. Um, we could have really had both. glad that that went the other direction. Yeah. We yes. almost had both. Um, so I was wrong. I was wrong. And uh, I'm happy to admit it. So yeah. 
Um, we did yeah, have that both, except for I didn't want that version of Earl anymore. Yeah, that that can uh, see it later, Earl. We don't got to talk about yeah. Earl Thomas anymore. But... Yep. Nobody's talked about him since. <laughs> no one. So, yeah, actually, it's kind of funny um, how no one has talked about him since. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, but I think the last kind of move that the Chiefs kind of made uh, in this whole transaction thing, but Kyle Long did get placed on the physically unable to perform list, yeah, uh, which is I think what everyone kind of expected. Um, I mean, so, he broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. Week one yeah. would have been definitely optimistic, but I mean, he will be back for for depth. And I mean, you know, maybe that's kind of their yeah, plans in terms of backup tackle depth. Well, you know, sure. But what what do they need him for right now? Yeah, exactly. There's not really a role for him right now because he's already lost his starting job essentially. So you know, he'll just work his way back in, and uh, we'll use him when we need him. Your front line is set. Yeah, You're, exactly. That group of five is not changing, barring injury. No. And uh, with that, I think that's about all the Chiefs' moves that have basically happened over the past okay. couple days. DOD, we have to, because <laughs> I, I can't. I don't understand. I know Tove. I get it. I understand that. But what? Somebody tell me where he's taken a step to be on this roster as a linebacker. In well, I, yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and I really, 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 really want Dorian to turn into what Dorian is supposed to be. Like, the dude is a freak. Exactly. Okay? And the only thing that he seems to really, really, really bring to this defense is shutting down Lamar Jackson when we play the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, like, he's a spot. Like, tell me what else they use him for. Maybe that's special teams, special teams, special teams, special teams, special teams, special teams. Dave and a spy, right? Special, special teams, teams and a spy. I do think that when he was drafted, they, you know, one of the sticking points was his floor is a really, really good core special teams player. Sure. And unfortunately, that's what he's like. That's that's been his floor. He, I, I agree with Kyle. I agree with you, Kyle. Like it's frustrating because he could be more. Or it feels like he could be more. Um, he's all the tools he to be more. Has, I just don't know what's missing at this point. So, um, yeah, it's just it's not there. Um, for whatever reason, um, yeah, I just think that ultimately he's he's there because he's a, a guy who knows the system, special teams. And, and I, again, I think that that linebacker spot is one that they're nervous about. And if you really want to talk about like guys who might be here because of the Willie Gay injury, I think Dorian is, is probably the one, just athletically. He, and that he makes maybe, sense. Maybe the, the one who fills that, I, I don't want to say fills that spot, but the rest of the linebackers on this team aren't that level of athlete so, so how do we yeah. get so where, how are we able where, where where did six linebackers six corners come from here because i i just well, we had three, like we three running backs. well we knew running backs were gonna they were gonna hold three andy doesn't almost refuses to carry four running backs just like he doesn't carry three quarterbacks mm-hmm. so there are certain things like that, but six linebackers just seemed a lot, unless yeah. that really gay one of them, worse than what we think it is. Yeah, exactly. One of those linebacker spots was Tim Ward's spot, so that was a, a defensive end that was kind of given up. And then I think Which uh, at least because yeah. the Jets stole him. Yeah, we talked about that. The Jets and Robert Sala, he's going to excel in that scheme. But, um, yeah, I think it really just comes down to the fact that Dorian O'Daniel, I mean, like Tom said earlier, you know, he had a lot of promise coming out of college, but he just never really latched on and never really – 
I don't know. He just he's, he's been a core special teams player this whole time, and I believe he's had 15 defensive snaps the past two seasons. So it's like, yep. so in my eyes, you know, the Willie Gay injury, I think it speaks more for Darius Harris, and just because he's a guy that's actually at least seen the field the past year on the defense. Um, he's definitely not as as athletic as Willie Gay, but um, at least he's a guy who will go out there and has has kind of shown that he can can play. Now, if you look at some of his PFF stats from last season, they're not the greatest. Um, but I, I digress. I think, uh, yeah, just the six linebackers was the biggest surprise. And, you know, we'll just t- talk about it time and time again. It's the Dave Tobe factor. Um, and, you know, a lot of guys on Twitter were saying how, you know, why does Dave Tobe need this many, you know, of his own guys to, to have a good special teams unit? But that's just how, that's just kind of how it is, basically. And he values it. It's also his background. It's what he does. It's what he knows. I- yeah. And he went and got the best guy in the league to do it, so he listens to him. That's yeah. why that Dave has that power. And at the end of the day, like none of these guys are really going to make, I mean, huge, you know, uh, contributions on offense or defense, regardless of who makes it because of special teams or not. So I guess this ultimately, is a good spot to be. yeah, I guess ultimately, it does crap not like this matter. is where a team wants to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Worrying about stuff like this is probably the, the least of concern for most teams because of just the crazy depth that the Chiefs have stacked this season. So mm-hmm. with that, the, the roster is set for now, um, barring any other free agents transactions or additions or trades or anything like that. Um, but we have, have pretty done the IR moves yet. Not yet. So those are those were kind of mentioned by Brett Veach, I believe, or to be corresponding moves that potentially might happen. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not I sure think... when that would be happening. I mean, I'll guess probably sometime next week when when the players return to practice and and we start getting like practice reports and stuff like that to see who's not practicing. Um, but yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that because that would be that would be definitely noteworthy and and kind of give an indication of who's starting the the season. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we have uh, our 53-man roster set and we have a kind of an outlook for for the opening game. So I guess it's you know on to the Browns. Yep, we will. We are now in regular season mode, everybody. It is time yeah. to get geared up and ready to go and. We talked about it a little bit last week, but they've been active again. Those the Browns, they like talking. Exactly, yeah, they do like talking. So it'll be a it'll be a good game for sure. Uh, if, actually, we have a little bit of announcement, but me and Kyle will be at the opening game. Um, so mm-hmm. if you want to come link up with us, uh, we'll be out there with a couple of friends. The beat of KC's guy we're going with. We're going to be uh, meeting up a couple other people there, and then we'll also be appearing at uh, the artist chief Corey Jones's little. Uh, get together art show um, which is happening at Twisters Bar and Grill in Bonner Springs, Kansas at 6 p.m. on the night before the game basically night before the opener. There's going to be a bunch of content creators and artists from the kingdom at Twisters Saturday night. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. Do you want to meet any of us? And gals. Super talented. Yeah. A lot of super talented guys and gals, podcasters, artists, everything like that. We're just going to be having a good time there. Um, so definitely be sure to, uh, to to check us out over there. Meet us at the game. Say what's up to us. We'll uh, we'll definitely show you some love. And then also don't forget that we still have the giveaway with uh, Anthony or Pisa AO um, going on over at our Twitter. So go to our Twitter at Kingdom Says Pod. You can find our pin tweet. Um, it ends the fourth of September, I believe. Yeah, Saturday. Um, so you have a couple more days left. Retweet and follow us and AO on Twitter, and you can have a chance to get in on these sick art prints that he's giving away. And if you go see AO at his art show on the 3rd at Rico's, you can go post a picture of that and get bonus entries into those print contests also. Yep, yep, yep. So, and wow. yeah. a little other 
tease. We're going to be uh, there's there's two of us at least that are going to be appearing as guests on Mr. Artist Chief's YouTube. Uh, I believe tomorrow. So yeah, so there'll be a, there'll a lot be some, of fun things, be some yeah. fun stuff, collaboration stuff going on a whole bunch. Stay tuned. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna be pretty. Plenty busy at the start of the season. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The NFL season is finally here, so we're going to have a lot of awesome content for you. So like I said, be sure to follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow all of our personal handles. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you later this week, possibly next week, uh, with some more, some more awesome content for you guys. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.